Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and with me, as always, is my diabolical friend, Tim. I was the man of tomorrow, not you, Frank. You're Mm. not the man of tomorrow. I'm the man of tomorrow. Because really, in this relationship that we have, you're really Superman. And if I had to be somebody, I'm Lex Luthor. (laughs) <laughs> Even though I'm the bald one, you are Lex Luthor somehow. That's how yeah. these things work out. I think yeah. you're a better person than I am. I think that's what it really wow. boils down to. That that got very that's very kind of you. I don't know that I think that's true, but that's that's nice of you to say. Oh, I know it's true. Oh, Niggle Smith. It's definitely not. It's better you're a much yeah, nicer any, man than I am. Anyway, we're how both nice. I'm <laughs> good. We're both nice. We're both, we're both nice. nice boys. That's right. We're nice boys. No, who's not a nice boy, though? Lex mm. Luthor. But no, it was a nice performance. John Cryer. But before we talk about that and all of our thoughts on that, let's open up that mailbag. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, we had a, a few people email us this week at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. We always want to we always want to read your email, so please uh, send those on over. Uh, people like Daniel. Uh, Daniel, who says, can someone please tell me how the hell did Hat and Manchester Black know about the Fortress of Solitude? No explanation was ever given. Talk about plot holes. It's true. They never did give an explanation of how they knew about the Fortress. Um, and I don't know that that there really is, you know, anything that we can sort of piece together either. I mean, I'm sure we can come up with some some sort of, you know, retcon or some sort of uh, headcanon uh, of, of how they would have known about it. But truthfully, we we don't. No, we don't know how they would have figured it out. I don't think fifth, even Manchester magic. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like maybe some fifth dimension something or other. But but yeah, hard to say. I don't think that even Manchester's um, you know explanation that we saw in the most recent episode that we'll get to soon, uh, where he's able to you know read Jean's mind whenever Jean reads his. I don't think even that. I don't think that was in place yet. It's because so, of the that's because of the staff that he right. can do that. So that wasn't in place yet, is what I'm saying, and and there was so that even that wouldn't that wouldn't work. That's the only that's the first thing that comes to my mind, and it doesn't hold water. So yeah, I think I think Daniel right. I think that that's sort of just a thing we got to take on faith that they figure it out somehow or other. It's it's I don't know. It's Superman and Supergirl's famous fortress of solitude, and they've some somehow figured it out because it's 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 not all that secret. We've seen we've seen villains discover it before, um, in right. other in other media. So um, you know, it's not always a a tight lipped secret. So it could just be the sort of thing that. People know it exists, but um, but no one knows where it is, and that's the only reason why it's secure. I think our friends uh, over on uh, the DCTV Squadcast talked about this uh, when they reviewed the episode, and they came to a, a conclusion that's sort of like, yeah, just terrible security. What can, what, what can you do? Need some more super robots. The mm. sometimes when you're looking from a like a, a production, you know. Um, production point of view sometimes you film more than you can add or you even write more than you can film and so some things like that are just like you know what it doesn't matter let's cut it out because we need this 20 seconds here to sell shampoo you know or something like that and then you just you just have to leave some stuff on the floor and so it didn't when things like that don't occur to me and then i only think about them afterwards i I'm, i'm generally more dismissive of them because I can go, 
oh, well, you know, it's whatever. It's almost like when I discover it, it's a bigger deal than, you know, because if maybe if, like it's personally like I didn't notice and I usually watch that stuff like a hawk. And so maybe the the plot hole is worth the storytelling, I guess. Or maybe yeah, I'm I know. Just, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's sort of when, when it doesn't occur to you yourself, it, it cannot seem as big a deal because you're like, oh, I don't know that that didn't really just stand out to me. It didn't. It, it is a bit. It is a bit of a, a hole. But but um, and just something that's sort of like, oh, oh, good catch, Daniel. I didn't. I didn't think of that. You so, know what? I'm j- I'm really. I think it's grow. I think no. It, growing up with the Star Wars prequels, and you're just like, but that, but that didn't. And then you just after a while, you just get over it. And then so after a while, you just get over all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. It does make you kind of forgiving, right? Growing up, growing up as a as a prequel kid, uh, does make you pretty forgiving of a lot of those things. <laughs> yep, but but that doesn't. But that doesn't. A certain point of view. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah, 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 right. Exactly, a certain point of view, or you know, even like the you know, oh, there you will go to meet Yoda, the Jedi Master who trained me, and it's like, what? But what about Qui Gon? Come on, oh. Oh, but Yoda <laughs> trained all of them. So you just all the Padawans, all right? The maybe Padawans. maybe he trained him as a Padawan, right? You know, anyway. <laughs> with, the, with their little lightsabers in their little room, because someone erased it from the archive memory. Anyway, let's read some mail, mm, yeah, Frank. There you go. Yeah, um, I, I want to read a, a tweet. Actually, this one comes to us from from Twitter, um, and there was a back and forth between uh, at Luke of Krypton and at Arshik thirty uh, seven, and they were talking about. Uh, you know, Arshik thirty seven came up with this. Uh, what I think was a uh pretty good theory. Um, she put forth uh uh this idea that uh you know we were we were talking about of you know what if the it was going to be the red sun the red sun stuff that we saw at the beginning of this episode. You know, before we knew, uh, mm-hmm. we put forth this idea that. Um, th- that the the baby sun eater and the and the cosmic anvil were somehow going to be involved. That didn't really that didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, ultimately, we didn't really. I get, did they even tell us how how uh, Lex was doing what he was doing? I think it was just sort of. I'm trying to think, but I think that they just sort of said like, "Oh, it was the red." You know, it's it's a red sun. How how did he make the red sun happen? Uh, I don't think it's important, and I want to talk about that when we get to the. Okay. I want to talk right about on. that when we get to the the big episode. But you don't think it's important, right? Is 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 I guess the the meat of it. So uh, so we can, so we can y- yes and no. And so it. I yes and no. But I want to wait. We'll wait till we get to the episode. Okay, totally fair. Fair enough. Uh, well, I I think that's about all we have for mail. You know, we got a lot of mail about this episode. And actually, I would love you guys to keep sending your mail about this episode. But I want to save that until after our discussion. You know, next week we'll 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 do it as follow up. So uh, please keep your mail about Oh Brother Where Art Thou coming towards us. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Uh, and and tweets are good too at TV Supergirl, but um, yeah, keep keep the feedback coming because we want a, a nice healthy feedback section for uh, for next week because there's going to be so much to talk about and Tim and I are going to pick apart so much right now uh, that we we want to we want to make sure that there's plenty uh, for you guys to say and that your voices are heard. So uh, send us mail at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. In the meantime, I want to say a quick thank you to all of our friends over at. Uh, patreon.com slash thought bubble audio that is uh, where people are so kind as to support us with their hard-earned money you know for as little as a dollar you can get extra episodes of supergirl tv talk our first reactions episodes that we post as soon as we can after the episode airs oftentimes within an hour a few minutes uh, of the uh, of the episodes airing 
you can get advanced episodes of our other podcasts like Academy Rewind and Beer with Geeks. Uh, and you can get uh, previews of upcoming shows that uh, are about to launch on the network. You get cut for time segments, conversations between our hosts uh, off air, you know, be- between shows or, or things cut from shows uh, and, and stuff like that. We have all kinds of content specifically exclusively for our Patreon audience. We appreciate you all so much for supporting us. Uh, f- you know, like I said, as little as a dollar a month that's a quarter an episode uh for this show uh, is is all it really takes so thank you so much for your support if you haven't supported us yet please consider it uh it really is just takes pocket change and you get all this all this cool stuff uh we really appreciate your support thank you so much for everyone who uh does that over at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio let's do it supergirl season four episode 15 oh brother where art thou Premiering on March 17th, 2019, directed by Tony McKieran, written by Derek Simon and Nikki Holcomb. Frank, the title of this episode, we never talk about the titles, but the title over Oh Brother Where Art Thou is genius. It's genius. Because yeah. it's a one, it's a it's a nice little it's a nice little homage to the film Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Right? right. Which is which is great. Good film. But Oh Brother Where Art Thou is about the Odyssey. It's the story of the Odyssey. You know, in, in the story of the Odyssey is Odysseus, he's just trying to get home, right? And he just encounters all of these obstacles, magical creatures, along the way. And it's about him overcoming those obstacles to get home. So if you were to look as Lex Luthor as Odysseus, or if he sees himself as Odysseus, the hero of the hour, Lex Luthor is overcoming the obstacles in his life to become the man of tomorrow again. Look at you just just throwing down that that wisdom right off the bat. I love it. Frank, it's only going to get bigger from it's only oh, going to get right. bigger from here. Keep it coming. Let's do this. All right. So, here we go. We're going to go backwards all the way to Professor Comics Corner right to Jimmy's signal watch, James's signal mm-hmm. watch right from the beginning. Is this the first time we've actually seen the signal watch in or it's well we haven't seen it in a long time. We haven't seen it in a long time. I know we it was definitely talked about as far back as season one. Yep. I, as for whether or not we actually saw it, I'm blanking on that right now, to be perfectly honest with you. Someone will correct us, I'm sure. Mail at supergirltvtalk.com. But um, my memory, I, I don't specifically remember seeing that watch that we saw um, I agree. in this episode. But I do remember it being talked about for sure. I remember I he had it. I, and, right, and I'm sure I, he used it, too. Yep, and I, I have a vague memory of him using it, but not it. It's very back of my mind. But anyway, I want to say for, back when the non-invasion happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Somewhere I, in there. Yeah, back back you know mid to late season one. I, th- I think it was it came into play. Yep. So that's cool. Cool comics corner always has the watch. The dam flooding the town. Hmm. Que- mm. Homa. Homage to Superman 1, where the dam floods the town, and he's you got a... That didn't really occur to me, but it totally, it totally is. It totally is. is If not intentional, it's at least coincidental, but it, but the, there's something to that. You're right. That that one uh, slipped uh, past me. Good yep, one. I'm going to... Yeah. So those are my two Professor Comics corners, because I think the a lot of them kind of flip into character bits or okay. um, good yeah, bits or anything like that. I've got like more, that. but I guess, you're, I guess you're right that it is... Um, they all uh, well, another, another Professor Comics Corner. Here's something. Okay. Here's something. Brainiac is at the vending machine, oh, and he mm-hmm. says he wants a Choco. 
And Chaco is in the DC universe. That's the DC universe of Oreos. It's the Oreo replacement because Martian Manhunter loves Chacos. Mm-hmm, We've seen mm-hmm. Chacos before on Supergirl. They've cropped up we have. before. This is not a first appearance of Chacos, but 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 yeah, we've uh, we've gotten that. Um, no. I mean, image inducers. Yep, obviously you know, we've seen before. You know, we've seen that. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a whole plot point from this season where you know right. aliens wearing image inducers to fit in and blah blah blah. That's right. right. That's right. Um, there is one more, but it's more of a character thing. So maybe we'll save that. Uh, but it, it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to that and I'll make reference to it when we, when we, when we get to it in due time. Okay, great. Okay. So let's go. I want to start right from the top and in the emails you alluded to the, the red sun plan that Lex has at the beginning of the episode. It's, it's peak Lex Luthor at the beginning yeah. of the episode, four years previously, Lex Luthor in all of his glory being like horrible being the being the worst he can be and um i think it's smart narratively it's smart to do this because it introduces lex luthor to an audience that doesn't know him you have to assume you can't assume that your audience knows what lex luthor is about you just you can't sure. um and so to go from seeing luthor in his glory it contrasts nicely with sick Lex Luthor, so that when he returns to healthy Lex Luthor at the end, you understand why the world is now in danger again, because you saw what he was like in two minutes. You know, mm-hmm. the red sun, people are dying, he kills bunches of people, like, in the span of two minutes. He has, Lino, this one of the smartest people on the face of the planet, tied up in a chair watching the massacre. Right. You know, right. Yeah. It's so key and so important that they did that for your flashback first, because you're right. There are people watching who won't get the gravity of it. And and even that aside, you know, even if we assume that everybody watching does know how important that is and how dangerous Lex Luthor can be for the sake of good storytelling, you got to show us, not tell us. Right. And so they mm-hmm. showed not That's told. Right. They showed right. not to, They showed us him be, him at the peak of his danger, doing the very thing that put him in prison, um, and then they show us four years later when he's put on a mercy furlough. Uh, so it it all ties together nicely. And then, as you said at the end of the episode, it all makes sense, and you are you have the correct reaction. You are as scared of him as you should be, and wor- as worried as you should be, because now he's back on top. That's right. And and he says he says. To Lena, I have I have a lot of quotes here, which I don't normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of good it, lines, though, so I don't blame you. Yeah, a lot of good lines. So I, I'll start from the be- I'll start from the beginning since we're in this scene. So Lex says he quotes Epicurus, where he says, "Against other things, it is possible to obtain security, but when it comes to death, we human beings all live in an unwalled city." Right. So mm. this episode is about. Lex Luthor dying. He is trying to save himself by any means necessary because that's what Lex Luthor does. Any means any means necessary. And so against all things it is possible to obtain security. I Lex Luthor can control everything, you know, contain security. But when it comes to death, we we human beings live in an unwalled city, except he doesn't really believe that. Right. Mm, Be- mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. because he figures out a way to obtain his security. He saves himself from the brink of death. So Epicurus, you know, she talked to Alina kind of makes fun of him. She's like, you sound like a first year philosophy student. Right. Um, yeah. So Epicurus, for those of you who don't know, ancient Greek philosopher, the school, the school of Epicurus rejected 
determinism and advocated hedonism. So it's like pleasure at the high is your highest goal, right? But it's not it's not hedonistic the way that you would think of like drugs and alcohol and sex. Mental pleasure was regarded as the highest pleasure more than physical pleasure. And that ultimate like intellectual pleasure um gave you freedom from anxiety, mental pain, and then um and gave you um I would say gave you um courage over fear of death and the gods and whatever you like be fear of death and the gods, Superman, is an emotional is an emotional problem. But you can rise above it intellectually. You can you can become you can become better than death intellectually. That's Lex Luthor in a nutshell, right? It's not the physical pleasure; it's the mental pleasure that mm. Lex strives for. He is the smartest man in the room, except when he's not. Except most of the time, he is. Right. He's usually right. the smartest. He's usually he usually just has the most hubris. Yes. Right. So, so that's, I mean, so yet another motivation for why he hates Superman so much, right? It's, it's not just because, uh, he resents that here's this alien who thinks he's better than humans or whatever. Um, it's because he feels like he, Superman makes him feel, uh, intellectually inferior. Uh, when, when mm-hmm. he, he seeks, he seeks, I mean, he believes himself to be the smartest man in the room. He is usually the smartest man in the room. When Superman's in the room, not only is he not physically the strongest person in the room, not only is he the most, not the most, uh, uh, you know, supreme being in the room, but he's also not necessarily uh, the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, it, and he wants to tear that down. The, the episode mm-hmm. in the beginning is very clear about that. Lex says, we must put faith in ourselves, but instead we look up to him with big glassy eyes because we think he's invincible. But it's right. my duty to dispel the world of that notion. And when he dies, they will finally wake up and see him for what he really was, a false god. Um, which is... Which is like a, it's like a wink at 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 Man of Steel almost because you know oh, false god right across not Man of Steel um BVS Batman v Superman right because false oh. god is written right across the statue of Superman and Lex's whole thing is proving that Superman is not God as people see him it's that he is he is nothing more than he is he is not a god. It's the same thing. Actually, you're right. I actually, uh, I, I, I didn't go that route. I thought more of Superman Returns, where we have Lex talking about, uh, you know, gods are selfish little beings who fly around in capes uh, mm, and don't good. share their power with everyone else. I thought I, my mind went there, maybe because I'm more familiar with that movie. Um, so that's interesting, you know, because so maybe it's more just it, it's more in keeping with the tradition of Lex Luthor in general, I guess, uh, that he's always comparing Superman to a god. And, and he sees you know that as a struggle that he needs to uh, where Lex needs to come out on top uh, between God and man. And he wants to overthrow the god. Right. Well, because Lena says, well, he, he's at least a good man. And Lex's response is, he's not a man. He's it's not that a man. He, he's not a man. It's not that he doesn't say he's not a good man. He says he's not a man. It's right. very specific. He, he doesn't say anything about Superman not being a good person. So it's almost Lex is so intellectual. He even he does recognize that Superman does good for the world. He is good for the world that way, but he's just mad that he's not a man and that mm-hmm. he's usurped the the man of tomorrow, the man of tomorrow um, nomenclature, and, I guess. And yeah, doesn't that fit in? Doesn't that fit in so perfectly 
with Ben Lockwood and like Ben Lockwood's whole thing on principle is like humans first, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of all he really cares about. All he truly cares about is that like humans get, don't get overrun by aliens. And in a sense, you know, this is where the two of them are allies. Um, because they're all they really care about is that it's about humans on top and any everybody else can you know bugger off mm-hmm. exactly exactly and so um so but anyway so at that point in the scene he um lena says so it's all ego which it is but lex says no it's science i want to see if the kryptonian pretender can bleed even gods can die you'll see everyone will see and then they're going to thank me Everyone will see. You'll see. Everyone's gonna see. You'll all see. You'll you'll all pay. And then he gets arrested. It's way too easy. This is my point where, like, with the red sun and the this and that, this this is Lex's long game. Lex does not do anything shorthand. His end goal with the world living under a red sun is that people will thank me. People will thank me because that's step one in a very long process to get to where he wants to be. And I think that's why it's also so important to see that four years later scene. It's not like, oh, Lex covered the world in a red sun. Bloop, 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 bloop. That was a plan. I think it's all connected. All of so it. So I agree that it's all connected, but I do think that his intention was to kill Superman at that well, time sure. four years ago. So he failed in that, right? He, he was not successful in killing Superman four years ago. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you that there's definitely a long-term plan in place here. So, I mean, do we think that that he do we think that he he thought he was going to kill Superman right then and there? I I, per, I mean, I did get that that sense from what he said. Or do sure. we think that it was like like no 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 this is this is just phase one of a long plan and you know like it'll it'll take years but eventually I'll get there. Well, I think like anybody who plans a few steps ahead if if it works on step one great but you know what i've got steps four five six seven and eight nine and ten There's fail safes yeah right for, but i mean it, it was just way too easy for them to come in and elect arrest lex luther like they just walk in the door and arrest yeah. him that's not lex luther that's i mean think about his escape at the end of the episode and like that's not like that's lex luther at the end them walking into the room and arresting him nope no, no, no. So no, he no, let no. himself get arrested. I think we. He agree let himself on that. get arrested. He didn't put well, up he, a fight. Well, his. He says, you know, like, um, he has this whole big thing about, you know, about death and nobody can escape death and all of these things. I think he already knows he's sick in that scene. He already knows he has Kryptonian cancer and it's only manifesting itself all this time later, you know, for him to take advantage of that. But I. Like when I say this is the long game, he knows. Mm. Like he really, he really knows himself, and that's and it that's where like where he's gonna, you know, that's where he's gonna make his move. Right, show me your moves. Right. That's the anyway. genius of Lex Luthor. Right, and now this could all tie into this could all tie into Storytime Village, where we can talk about you know manipulation and family and honesty and hubris and you know the pain of loved ones and all this stuff but i want to keep going those are the themes by the way um (laughs) but i want to keep going in i want to keep going in this lex luther direction because now that we've got that big scene out of the way i'm getting more into just the good bits sure okay first good bit um beside first good bit besides all of that good bit number one john crier as lex luther 
was a great bit from start to finish. Uh, yes, agreed. But I, I think we can. Yes, everybody gets that piece on their on their bingo card, right? Everyone gets the the free space in the middle. Is John Cryer was amazing. John Cryer was John Cryer was amazing, and those of you who cried about it, I hope that I hope those were tears of joy running down your face by the by the end. And yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, he was he delivered exactly what I hoped he was going to deliver, and it made me so happy. He was incredibly charming and dangerous and weirdly empathetic and like all of the different things that you know Lex Luthor to be. He's he almost like, like Go ahead. Well, I, I he was one of my favorite Lex Luthers that I have ever seen. Me too. I mean, he he was I, I mean it's still new, so I'm still processing it. You know, and when something's new, I tend to to like the new thing, the new shiny object more. So I, Me I, too. I hesit. I, I, I want to say he was like my favorite Lex Luthor on screen. I mean, and and I may, that may over time that may go down, but right now, like he's he's number one for me at the moment. Yeah, and he's number one for me too because he is the thing that has always bothered me about every version of Lex Luthor I've ever watched on screen. Except for Jesse Eisenberg, who I had other problems with, but he's never a scientist, ever. Gene Hackman was a criminal, greatest criminal mind of our mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm, but he really mm-hmm. wasn't a scientist. He like kind of was, but he was really just a super criminal. He really wasn't like a scientist. And then right. um, John Shea on John Shea on um, Lois and Clark was smart, but he wasn't a scientist the way that. Lex Luthor really is. Lex Luthor is one of the smartest men on the planet, not just because he's good at business, you know, like, you know, he's good at science, too. He's a science guy. And then Michael Rosenbaum, who had a very layered Lex Luthor, you know, starting, you know, and watching that progression, he's not a scientist. He has other people doing science for him. Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor, the same thing, because he had to be Gene Hackman. He's not a scientist. He's just a smart guy, super criminal. Jesse Eisenberg was at, at least, I, like, a scientist, right? You know, like, I'm going to go examine this thing and this thing and this thing. But I never really felt this, like that part of him the same way. John Cryer's Lex Luthor, to me, felt like the smartest man in the room. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, Lex started out as a scientist in the comics back before his name was Lex Luthor when he was just Luthor. Right. Um, he was a scientist first. And then really in the 80s with the John Byrne reboot, the Man of Steel reboot after Crisis on Infinite Earths, that is when, well, they, they made it more contemporary. And in mm-hmm. the 80s, you know, a villain, the, 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 the villain of the 80s in real life uh, was, was a billionaire. So that's when he right. became a billionaire tycoon. Um, and, and, you know, he was based on sort of the real estate developers of the day um, who would prey on people frankly so that that's that's where that came from and so in more recent years he was more of a billionaire obviously gene hackman comes before that that iteration but right uh, the, but the shift was already starting to happen where it was more about like i'm a criminal um and and less about like i'm a scientist um and i'm mm-hmm. glad that we've sort of found the middle ground now where he can be a genius billionaire scientist all those things can coexist Right, he could be all the things, because we know he was already the businessman. We didn't really see it, but L Corp exists because of LexCorp or Luther Corp, whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, and so it's all there. So I really love that. Um, So, yeah, he was just great, and we'll sing his praises as as we go on. 
Yes. Um, uh, Lena Luther says, I haven't been able to separate the drug's more curative properties from its extra normal ones. And he's mm. just like, superpowers. It sounds less yeah. silly the more you say it. Try it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was a good bit. You're right. <laughs> it was a great, it was a really great bit. All right. You, I'm dominating. So you go. Give me a good bit. Um, uh, well, uh, we, we sped over this real quickly, but um, he says he wants to see if Superman can bleed, right? And that's a clear mm-hmm. BVS. Uh, there's there's parallels to BVS there. Do you bleed? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Justice League as well, I guess. Um, I, I loved, uh, jumping ahead just a little bit, I loved uh, when when James is, is in the hospital, I loved Alex talking shop with the doctor, um, like talking medical speak. Oh yeah, that was a that was great because she's like, I'm actually a doctor. I am medically trained. And, yes, right. Yeah, good. Keep reminding like, us. I, mm-hmm. They keep reminding us of that, and I love that that keeps coming up, and that she keeps getting the credit that's due to her. So I love seeing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Um, this is an attention to detail on the set production design. Lena is wearing purple because she's a Luther, and that's the pur- and purple is the Luther color. And that just made my episode, but even more, that the curtains in the mansion are also purple. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Some, that's some attention to detail that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love also that Lex, speaking of Lena, I love that Lex marvels at Lena. And I think this was a moment of sincerity. He marvels at the fact that she was able to create kryptonite, synthetic kryptonite, and he wasn't. That like was he a gives good... her credit. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing it strategically. He's building her up um, to manipulate her. But I do think that that was coming from a place of sincerity where he really was like, hey, you know what? You did something even I couldn't do. And I'm I, I think I'm the smartest one in the room. I agree. And I want to save that because that's that's going to factor into story time. That's going right, to factor right into story time village. But you, you said it well. You did say it. I liked Lex calling James Jimmy. Every time. Every time. And even though Lena was like, it's James. It's almost like a sibling thing. Where it's like, come here, no, come here, no, why? Because you're gonna hit me. Like, yeah, it's yeah, almost it that relationship where, like, mm, your boyfriend Jimmy, and like, he, he goes right. by James, yeah. James. Yeah, I like that. It's but the I also to get under her skin, just a little bit. I like the and the line, the save. Um, Luther's teaming up to save Superman's best pal. What would Mother think? Best pal, the best pal thing made me really Superman's happy. I mean, that's also kind pal. of Professor Comics Corner, I guess you could, you know, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, because. For many years, uh, Jimmy, there was a, a comic book title, a Jimmy Olsen title called Superman's friend Jimmy, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, mm-hmm. for years. Yeah, it was it was good. It's good. Speaking of Professor Comics Corner, Brainy having his meltdown and being like, "Did I mention that all my ancestors are evil?" By the way, yeah, good, I know. I know. They I also are. loved. It's true. And and uh, was that at the vending machine or was that a separate conversation? Vending machine, because that's also when he the, okay. says, I usually get along so well with machines. That's what I was going <laughs> to bring up. I usually get along so well with machines. This was great. Yeah. Uh, that and the Chaco bit that made me happy. When they're in the hospital and Kelly meets Jean and the two mm-hmm. of them walk off together, I, this is so subtle and quiet in the background. You caught it? I, yeah, I did. <laughs> she goes like, Jean, cool name, French. And he goes, close. <laughs> that's good it is really <laughs> subtle because it's like this the the whoever sound mixes the set like the it's like it's fading out because they're walking away so you have to re- and something else is happening on screen so you have to really be listening for it but it's a great line um the damn set where they fight yeah. manchester is where the legend of tomorrow proof of concept trailer was filmed yes and and there was a smallville episode uh film there as well 
Uh, the Bizarro episode, yeah. right? Yes, the I'm not even. I'm not even at that point in my years-long Smallville rewatch that has Somebody literally taken that years. Out of, Somebody tweeted that. Uh, Brent, out Brent was. I think it was Brent, Brent was okay. nice enough to point that out. Thank you, Brent. Brent Tech Prime. Um, yeah, yeah, super, super fun. Um, oh, that's right. Because then he gave you. He, yeah, yeah, that's right. We, you guys went back and forth about how I I should be giving you more more crap for not watching Smallville faster. Yeah, that's okay. Speaking of the dam, the mm. dam is breaking, and Supergirl says, "Damn it, lol." Okay, I <laughs> yes, I had that here. <laughs> I had that here. Um, there's but, another. So there were hold, two puns. There were yeah, two. Yeah. Okay. Puns. Good. Yeah. Good. Go. 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 Yeah. Please tell me that we both caught the same ones. So so yes, she can't plug up the dam, and she goes, "Damn it!" And then Eve says, "I didn't mean to eavesdrop." Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes. Eve Tessmacher eavesdrops. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so it's good. good. It's good. Going off the damn one, she says, damn it. And then she literally dams the water in with her heat vision. She builds oh, a wall nice. against the heat vision. So she does damn so it. So she, dam- she does damn it. It's like a double. Oh, it's, it's wow, great. Nice. It's great. See, why I want to do good bit first because there's so many of them. There are so many. There's there so are so many. many good ones. Um, Let me see. Oh, I like. So, oh, speaking of the speaking of the dam, um, somebody made reference. I think Kara, I think Supergirl made reference to the fact that all of the city's power comes from the dam. So, National City is like a hundred percent hydro power. Like that's pretty cool. Like they're they're a green they're a green city. They're a that's green neat. city. That's it is very cool. No, it's also weird because it's in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, is it you know, though? <laughs> it is it though? <laughs> Yeah, who knows where it really is? It's 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 kind of it's an all-terrain city. They got everything. It's the entire West Coast. National City is like Mega City One from Judge Dredd. It's from it's from it's from Seattle all the way down to the Mex to to the Mexican border. That's the entire West Coast. It's the entire West Coast. Cool. This is really cool. Big. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um. I also loved everyone bailing on James when his mom calls. I loved that. It was so good. Don't leave me. Don't don't leave don't, me. Don't. Okay. I'm speaking off. of speaking of James, this I noticed. I watched. I was able to watch the episode twice because we're filming a day. Uh, we're recording a day later, which was which is good for rewatch purposes. James's tattooed arm, Makad's tattooed arm, is never shown on screen when he's in the hospital bed. Hmm. They strategically film his tattooed arm, which I think is his l- left arm. It's always off camera because he's wearing like a hospital gown, so his right. arm is exposed. But if you watch it, he it's always down by the bedside. Somebody's blocking it. They're filming from the other angle. It's just above the sleeve. It's like, nope, James does not have a tattooed arm, everyone. He always wears hmm. long sleeves. Interesting. You know, I guess he does always wear long sleeves. <laughs> Generally, like at work and stuff, he's always wearing mm-hmm. long sleeves. So always wearing huh, long yeah, sleeves. Yeah, that's that. Mm-hmm. They just shoot around it, man. That must be a challenge for them to constantly have to shoot around that. I think. Um, I want to say that Melissa has a small, ta- like an ankle tattoo or something, and they they generally hide that too. Yeah, they do. I think it's an ankle tattoo. It might be on her foot. Yeah, I think it's on her foot. I know because there's one time where you can see it in this season. She's like sitting at the yes. desk, and you can see it was it. recent. Someone pointed mm-hmm. it to me uh, uh, on mm-hmm. Twitter as well. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it was one of the rare times that you actually saw the tattoo. Yep. Um, one of what I think is one of the best moments in the entire episode is Lex's Ozzy Mandy's moment, 
where he's, yes. I had someone give me the cure 10 minutes ago. And I was like, oh, you, Ozymandias, you're the smartest man in the room. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally Watchmen. Totally Ozymandias from Watchmen. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then what followed, right? I mean, I mean, the, well, yes, that. And and then the the just murder orchestra that that he literally conducted the orchestra murder or uh, murder orchestra i'll have you know that song uh beethoven mozart hold on i have it written I down i don't honestly i'm not remembering which piece it was at, at this moment i, I, I recognized have, it obviously but i have it written down i think did i write it down maybe i didn't wow oh, i didn't i'm so mad anyway that song is whistled in Superman 4 when Lex escapes from prison. Oh, whoa, that is that is attention to detail right there. Bravo on that. Yeah, I know. Attention to detail. That is attention to detail. Superman 4, which John Cryer was in. Say again? John Cryer was in Superman 4. Yes, he was. He was Lenny Luthor. He was not pleased with how that movie turned out, as was the world. Mm, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, but that's okay. That's okay. He may, He's making it up right now. He, um, he for sure is, yeah. Actually, that whole escape, though, like the laser grid, the minefield, reminding us that the Luthor mansion is holographic, like it's got a holographic hideaway, because mm-hmm. that was in, that happened from, la- that was last season mm-hmm. that we learned that. Mm-hmm. Um and the I loved Supergirl, nice to finally meet you line. I love that he whispers it because she can hear him. She can hear it. He doesn't have to say he doesn't have to shout it. She'll hear it. And as we learned from um, John Cryer's interview with Michael Rosenbaum on his podcast, that that was his first film scene as Lex Luthor. Supergirl, nice right. to finally meet you. And yeah. it and I loved his delivery of that line. He was. He said in the podcast, he's like, I was overthinking it. I was probably overthinking it. And I was like, nope, but it plays beautifully. Um, this is dumb, but I loved Otis's line. She's a real smarty two shoes. She's a real smarty two shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a, nope, she's, that's not, that's not how it goes. You're so close, that's but not, I like smarty no, two shoes. I like smarty two shoes. Um, yeah. I just loved, I just loved having Otis and Miss Tessmacher and, and Otis and Miss Tessmacher together working with Lex Luthor. And then he did, he's yelled, Miss, you know, Miss Tessmacher, the, like the way Gene Hackman would always yell it. Like he, it was just beautiful, wonderful delivery, clearly calculated. And I loved every, everything about it. I think I, um, I think I retweeted it a Yesterday or the day before, there's a a little video of the um, there's a compare like a six second video of a comparison between the way that oh, really? Hackman yells it and the way he yells it. It's pretty close, and a oh, lot yeah. of people have yelled Miss Tessmacher as since Eve's been on the show, but he actually. But this is, one, yeah, it is the this best. one was clearly meant to sound like the the way that Gene Hackman always did it. Exactly. All right, I have a couple of um, I have a couple of tiny little things before we get into. Fun facts. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any other good bits? No, I'm uh, not good fun on, facts. I'm good on good bits. Okay. Um, one, uh, one good bit. John Qui- John Cryer retweeted me on, on my yeah, little he review. Did. He retweeted me. That was pretty fun. Um, second one. Um, that the the, the marble sculpture in Lex's office 
behind in the penthouse, like where he's holding Lena captive at the beginning. And that is a fragment of Alexander the Great's tomb. And it was made by the prop department for that one scene. I noticed that being there and wondered what it was. So I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I did think of another good bit, but you finish yours and then I want we'll we'll do mine. Uh, okay. But that that's good though, because that Alexander the Great thing, Ozymandias is Alexander the Great. It's the it's yeah. he's that's you know, that's Ozymandias is Alexander the Great. And so for the the Red Sun sequence, that's his Ozymandias moment. But oh, then yeah. at the end, he stands up and he's like, I did it 10 minutes ago. And then he has another one. It's Oh, yeah. It's really, it's really fantastic. It's so Lex good. Lex is often compared to Alexander the Great. I mean, they've got the same name, right? Lex, Alexander, mm-hmm. um, for one thing. Uh, all, all throughout Smallville, all throughout Smallville, they use the Alexander the Great imagery. Right, the, the, the armor the and the series. sword. And oh, yeah, I forgot about all of that. Right, right, right. All sorts of Alexander the Great imagery. That was a very, that was an a ongoing, consistent theme throughout basically that entire series when it came to Lex. Um, Lex's dog, Ignatius, was actually an iguana in the comics. Oh. That was from Eric Carrasco, one of the writers of one of the writers of Supergirl. And I think that was that was all my good bits, except the fact that I talked to John Cryer. It's no big deal, whatever. So cool. Well, yeah. So uh, share the share the what he what he shared with us. So I. Yeah. So I so I tweeted out today. I wanted to know Lex is reading the same book through the course of the episode. And I really I like like this episode had so much attention to detail. I was like, that book is not arbitrary. Like there's no way that he's just reading a book. There's too much detail in this episode. So I asked the world of Twitter at Timothy PG 13. If you know, what is, you know, like, does anybody know what this is? And a few people tried to help out squat, uh, Scott of suicide squad cast Brent, um, who, you know, has certainly been on this episode plenty of times, you know, for me. Thank you, Brent. Uh, and, and uh, John Cryer himself responded and says, I believe it was the great Gatsby. And that was just, it just made my day. Made my day that oh my he God. signed the tweet with the little bald emoji, which was great. Yes, he did. Which was great. But that attention to detail in of itself, the great Gatsby, because it's, the great Gatsby is the rich, deluded man. It's perfect. It's so good. Because Lex would see himself as Gatsby the dreamer just trying to reach that goal, but he's actually Tom Buchanan, the horrible racist yes. man thing. Like, it's it's so good. It's so good. And, like, that's a, something now only really the people of this podcast will, like, really will know. Because yeah, we'll you can't really yeah. we'll appreciate. And oh, I'm just so happy that he took the time to answer back, but then all, but took the time to answer back, but then you know, like, knew the book and how, you know, how it worked. It's, it's so good. When he, after the 8 p.m. showing of Supergirl on Sunday night, his first thing, he said, the reviews are in, and he'd come, like, it was a retweet of somebody's thing, and it was like, John Cryer made this show lame. It's so, it, he he was so corny. He's like, the Aww, reviews are in. I know. I'm but he, so sorry he, that was the first thing he had to see. <laughs> no, but, I mean, but to him, I think that was, that was, like, duh. Like they, this yeah. is great. You know, he's got a good sense of humor about himself. I really, yeah, I think so. But the the support for John Cryer has been outstanding. Oh, yeah. 
you know, it for, has been a critically acclaimed performance so far, and fans have loved it too. Uh, it seems for the most part. So yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. Um, one last thing before yes. we move into Storytime Village. Yes, there was a moment where Lex says to Lena, I think when she comes back from the hospital at one point. He says to her, he's looking up at the portrait of their mother, Lillian, and he says, do you ever feel like her eyes are always following you wherever that you go? That was good. Mm-hmm. Good bit. But at the end of the episode, um, wh- like right when he's like, when he says the whole, like, I, I had it injected 10 minutes ago thing, mm-hmm. in the background of the, of the uh, uh, in the set, the eyes are scratched out. Like the eyes have been like, like the painting has been vandalized. Like the eyes have been cut out of the painting. Um, and I took a screenshot to be sure. So I wonder if that's not like from a deleted scene or something where he vandalized the painting, the portrait. But like it for sure is has been vandalized. It is it the eyes are are, are removed from the painting. Oh um, my god, that is so cool and so, horrifying. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, definitely horrifying. I I but I think that's really cool attention to detail and I I really am dying to know like is there a deleted scene where he does this and for reasons like you talked about before they were like oh we don't have time for this it's not essential to the story we're going to cut it um mm-hmm. I wonder if something like that happened cuz I can't see them vandalizing the port like making a point of doing that unless there was a per- like a story purpose at some point you know Mhm Mhm No that's so, good That's my last one Oh, it's great. All right, let's move into Storytime Village because we, we've been recording for a while and we haven't even we gotten have. to the meat of the story yet. I know, Those because were, there's just so much to unpack here. There was, that was just a good bit. So, anyway, Storytime Village. Um, it, some, the, I found that they all, as good themes really should in a story, they all mix and mingle within one another. Sometimes it's really hard to sp- separate them out, to sparse them out. Um. And so I want to kind of, we'll talk about them all at once where the conversation goes. But what I chose to focus on, because I know there's more in the episode and how you could fit them. But there's this idea of the manipulate, like what type of family you are, or the type of like what, like what, what is your relationship with your family and who makes up your family? This idea of manipulating your family and calling them your family and loving them or, or being honest with people and how you. And how you treat people, and along those lines, we also have this this um, the of hubris. Like, what is your like? How well? Do, how what do you think about yourself? And then, how does that get in your way, or how does that help you get in other people's ways? Hmm. And then this pain and blame for loved ones when people are going through a troubling time. This you know, like the pain is not just physical; it's mental. And then where do you place pain and blame while somebody is hurt inside a family? And it goes all over the place. So let's go back to family manipulation versus honesty. And I want to talk about, it didn't really go anywhere, but I feel like it's going to come back. Is Alex getting suspicious that Kara leaves when important things are happening? You know, I thought it was going to go into a place where like maybe like Alex was going to be like, you're Supergirl. It didn't, which is fine. But it like they had to come together as sisters is this pain and blame thing where, you know, Alex is like, oh, you would know if you were here, but you're not. And and so um, you would know what was happening here. So Kara has to take her own advice, which she gives to Jean later earlier in the earlier in the episode. She's like simply by standing by someone can make someone feel braver. 
right? And John, you know, John being there for them is what makes them feel feel brave, and and he's not really up, you know, being himself either, and so everybody's just in this place of high tension. And I thought that was going to go to different places than it did, but I like where it went. Discuss. Yeah, same. I like where it went. I, I I don't know that I ever expected there to be a you know uh, the beginning of Alex figuring out that that uh, Kara is actually Supergirl. Um, I did I did like the exploration of this though, like because I think that like the classic like let's say Superman and Lois right where where she's like where have you been you know how do you keep disappearing when these things happen wait a second is he secretly Superman I have to figure this out that's the that's the traditional angle of this but instead i like that they're kind of taking a uh, they're putting a spin on that and taking a turn there and instead mm-hmm. of alex trying to figure it out she trusts her like she she she's more hurt that her sister is not there for important moments in their like family life right cuz james is is their family basically um she's hurt she's angry um and she's upset and she's suspicious she can tell she's being lied to or, or something's not quite right and she's suspicious of that mm-hmm. so it's a different take on that same you know it's a different reaction i guess to the same to the same actions instead of like you know putting on her reporter hat and like like lois wouldn't figuring out wait a second i and i'll need to chase this lead down um mm-hmm. instead it's much more of their sister dynamic and and her being hurt and her being upset and her being angry um that her sister is not there in this you know time of family need right well i mean that's it, like the episode doubles down on that a little bit because Kelly Olson, the sister of James Olson, shows up and Kelly asks Alex, Where's your sister? Like, why isn't she here? So not only is Alex thinking about this, but another sibling asks, like, Where's your sibling? Like, this is strange that she's not here. You know Now I did I did wonder because once Kara showed up, obviously she and Kelly knew each other. They hadn't seen each other in a long time. Mm-hmm. But um Kelly I know Kara says something like, I'm sorry I wasn't here. And Kelly says, it's okay. You were where you needed to be. Mm. Does Kelly know? No, I don't think so. But I think Kelly is the kind of person to be like, I know you and you weren't here because what you had to do was important. And that's okay. You would have, you would have, right. Yeah. If you weren't here, you must have had a good reason. That's right. If you weren't here, you must have had a good reason. And that's a little, it's like a slight slap in the face to Alex where like, Kelly, whose brother it might be dying, is sitting here, and she's like, "No, you were where you were supposed to be. That's okay." Sure. And then Al, and then Alex is like, "Ooh, I gotta check myself just a little bit. I've gotta check myself." And that was good. So you can only tell that Kelly Olson is a gem, and I already love her. And oh yeah, she's same. Like, and it's all in a weird way. I find it a little sad that Kelly and Lex Luthor show up in the same episode because it's Lex Luthor, and it's. Kelly Olson, this new character we've never had, never met before with no previous preconceived notions. And so it's like she's almost getting a little shadowed by Lex. But I also think that she's so delightful and she's the antithesis to Lex Luthor in a lot of ways. Lex is going to push my family away. I'm going to use them. I'm going to manipulate them and all that. Kelly shows up. Her brother's dying. And she's like, these people are family. You give them access. How's everybody right. doing? All right. I'm here. Right. James has always been a more of a chosen family kind of guy. I so, love that line. Yeah. So your family. And I, he, ex- she explicitly trusts the people around her already because James trusts them and she trusts James. And Lex Luthor is the opposite of that. And, you know, he doesn't trust anything ever except for Lena, which is interesting. Really right. interesting. Which really there's, interesting. 
Right. And the show has talked about that before, into which that Lena never felt welcomed in the Luther house because Lillian never treated her special. We know because now she her husband had an affair. Um, right. Right. You know, she never really treated. But Lex kind of opened her with welcome arms because Lex can be charismatic and charming and all this stuff like he is a sociopath. But, you know, sociopaths are generally charming. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. Right. Um, so to go back to Kelly, um, I she had you know you said in the good bit she has that line. I know you just came back from the dead, but you're gonna wish that I gonna wish that you didn't. I called mom, and I I love that because she then she's taking the she's taking the next step herself. Like she's almost like she's she's been there for twenty minutes, and she's like I'm the dead mother. Yes, that's right. All of you, yeah. I've taken care of all of you. Um, because Kelly, Alex and Kelly get into this squabble. Um, they get into this squabble about, you know, the surgery and what's best for James. Is it the serum or the operation? And, and all, and all of this, and all of this stuff. And Eve shows up with the drug and Eve shows up with the drug and Kelly says, all right, I trust you. Because that's the, that's yeah. who she that's who she is. It's really that's good. She she, she has that line that it's a Jello is the perfect hospital food because if you shake it, it wobbles, but it holds its form. And if you dig yeah. too deep, it's never the same. And so, in what do you read into that for me? Uh well, see, I was actually this. I was struggling with what what to read into that exactly because I I I didn't know that I fully that I fully um that I fully understood the analogy she was making there. Like, okay, it w- why is that like a hospital? Like, uh, w- w- what is that? You know, it, you shake it and it and it holds its form. Okay, so so uh, is 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 she talking about herself? Is she talking about what it's like to be a loved one of somebody who's uh, you know in in James's position? So where. You know, you you have to. You can you can only be pushed so far, uh, and and you can hold your form. But then there does come a point where uh, you get, you know, you you dig too deep, as she said, uh, and and it's never the same again. Uh, meaning, like you know, when when you do cross that bridge, you do cross that that go across the threshold where someone is hurt, whether it's yourself or someone else, I suppose. Um, you know, there there's a certain no going back. I don't know. I, I I was struggling with it. I definitely I, I there was something sort of vaguely that I was able to to pull out of it, but I couldn't specifically, um, I couldn't as specifically as I wanted to, uh, make a connection there. No, I think that's I think what you said is good, and you could also look at it. Not she's a she's supposed to be a psychiatrist, right? So that's her job. They say it in the episode, psychologist, yep. psychiatrist, one of those. I think psychiatrist. But they say, but but you could also talk about it, James. with the surgery versus medicine you know hospital is the perfect food because if you shake it it wobbles but holds its form you could feed a body medicine and it might hold its form but once you open up the body it's never the same even even if you're fixing it and so it could be that but once you open up a wound like once you dive into a problem like you can't come back from that problem Mm -hmm. once you once you open it up you know and and james you know, this, she's like, oh, well, James runs off into danger. This is how he copes, you know. Yeah. And so right. if, we, if we open up that wound, then we can't come back from that. So he just ru- like he wobbles. He runs into the problem because James even says later in the episode, he's like, I only got shot once. You didn't have to come visit me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. 
it's such a <laughs> freaking Jimmy Olsen. Uh, you know, I thought that she made the right call initially in not wanting to go forward with the with Lena's treatment. You know, my 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 absolute my absolute. I totally, totally agreed. Like, no, like, don't go with the experimental treatment. Like, obviously, if it were me, I put myself in her shoes. Like, yeah, ten the, times in, out of ten, I would choose the surgery, the traditional I mean, surgery. Right in the real world, when they're like in the real world, here's this experimental thing that will probably kill you, or the surgery that might kill you, but you'll probably still be alive, but also some trauma. Like, what do you say? Like, well, the surgery is tried and true, maybe, but it, like in the comic book universe world you're like obviously the serum because i'm probably going to get superpowers bring it you know yeah right anything <laughs> that's called a serum in a comic book probably is going to end with you climbing on walls honestly when i have kids and they're like i don't want to take the medicine i want to be like it's serum and they'll be like okay right, <laughs> right? it's super Ooh, soldier serum it's super soldier serum you'll get you'll get kids are sick you're like you'll get stronger and better when you have this like okay not lying. Yeah. You you not, will get stronger than you are when you are sick. It's just mm -hmm. that you will not be Captain America strong. You have to go to the gym for such things like that. Right. Let's talk about let's go back to Lex and Lena for a for a hot second. Yes. When Lex is telling her the story about Lionel and her mother, yeah. you know, you know, and, and Lillian's, you know, reaction to everything and Lena says that's 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 our mom and Lex is harsh in when he's that's my mom and you think it's going to be this that's my mom not your mom you, you don't take her away from me but really Lex is jealous mm -hmm. because he has the mm -hmm. story about Lionel and his mistress and they're going to put Ignatius down and Lex has got to like Lillian says like oh you're being too you know you're being too um um, emotional about this so you have to go away and harden up and all this stuff and so it's it's lena's mother before lena that makes that makes him feel better and that she's saying a song she sang an irish song which is hilarious because that you're basically saying that i her mom was irish which is, right. gives you a reason for lena to slip into a brogue every once in a while if she grew up when <laughs> she was until until she was four when she moved in with the luthers and i was like oh you tricky writers you've I know. you've done something I know. here because lena was never told her true heritage she was she assumed she was adopted and i want to say wasn't she, didn't she think she was Eastern European or something like that when she first appeared on the show? I have a vague memory of that, but I can't remember exactly. I don't remember that detail. I thought I could have sworn that she was, it was supposed to be something like that. But, you know, Lex, Lex's point to her is I came from, I came from bad people. And so the Luthers yeah. are bad people and they're always going to be bad people, but you didn't, you may have our name. But you came from a good place. And so as as dark as the Luthers get, you're going to be a good person, which is very meta for the show to be like, you Extremely. thought she, you thought she was going to be the next Lex Luthor, but you're wrong. So, She's better than that. Yeah, I mean, he said, I came from poison. You came from love. This family stands steadily in darkness. You will always fall into the light. So that feels like, yeah, the writer's telling us that she won't she will never turn. She will never turn evil. That's um, right. And that runs contrary to where I thought we were going this entire season, but maybe I've just been proven wrong again. And I'm, and I I'm fine with that. I've I think I've said all along, I don't want her to be bad. Um but I thought they were telling us she was going to be bad. I mean, the whole this whole thing with the Horanel and trying to create superpowers, um trying to create superpowered individuals, 
I I thought for sure had to be going in that direction. But you know, if it was all Lex working behind the scenes, you know, pulling strings with Eve and everybody else to to create a cure for himself, using his sister, who he knew was the only one smart enough to do it, using his sister to create this cure for himself. You know, she just got maybe she just got played and, and, and maybe that's all there is to it. And that's I'm not even mad about it because he's Lex Luthor. He's the world's you know predominant super genius, if that's the case. Right. Um, and and so I wouldn't I'm not even mad that it makes her look like less of a genius or anything, because he is already such a genius that like it, it if you got to be number two, it, it's OK to be number two to him. I don't think that it actually makes. Well, remember, she she's the only person in the world to beat him at chess. Remember that. And so True. she and to create synthetic kryptonite. Right. And and he tells her that she so I don't know if she's she's not she's not dumber than him or he's not smarter than her, or however you want to phrase it. It's that he's a better manipulator because he's sure. a because he's an evil person and she's right. not. And when you're not evil, sometimes you can be manipulated because she loves her brother and he loves her because for years like they were good to each other. They were really good to each other. It almost makes you wonder why Lena is tied up in that first scene. Like, and he's watching, like, she's, like, zipped into the chair. Oh, why? yeah, for sure I wonder about that. Right. I, I want to know what was happening five minutes before that conversation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, like, Lex is dying in the episode, and when he wants that Harun, uh, that Harunel cereal, um, serum, serum, <laughs> I want some cereal, you know, because he's, he, because he's, ironically dying of kryptonite poisoning and he needs black kryptonite to survive it's like a double irony because he's dying of kryptonite poisoning hilarious because he keeps it on his person right that's well-known lex Luthor fact keeps on his person keeps superman away but then he needs more a different type of kryptonite to survive but we learn it's a brief exchange but it's an important exchange in the episode that lex pulled strings to get lena deo resources to test drug like to test the drug on humans. So the whole mm-hmm. reason that she's even working with the government is because of Lex Luthor and Colonel Haley has no idea. And so Right. And so if that if that believe- lets her if we believe him, yeah. But I'm but that in some ways we can believe him because he is truthful some like sometimes. You know, he he she says like, oh, like that story about my mom's not true. And he's like, actually it is true. That's why it works so well, because it is a true story. It's you know, true. So, you're right. You're right. He does yeah, he does he does tell the truth when it's when it's convenient and when it's when it's effective. Right, exactly. Because a sociopath he doesn't care if it's a truth or a lie. It's whatever he's gonna do to get his way. It doesn't matter if it's mm-hmm. true or not. Like it's mm-hmm. what will get him what he wants. And so um so Lena like wants to save her brother's life because one it's her brother but two also how as she says how can you pay your debt to society if you're already dead which is mm. which is actually justice really if you like you know what I mean everyone gets a fair trial and you know all this different stuff but if you're just gone there's nothing that you're not doing anything to better society it's just a punitive yeah. it's it's a punitive punishment not a restorative one and so yeah i mean there is that there is that you know the school of thought that uh that yeah like you're you're taking the easy way out Mm -hmm. exactly you talked about this earlier about lex taking credit like lex takes credit for lena's achievements but only because he's pushing her to be better 
you know, because Lena's like, are you going to taunt and provoke me the entire time? And he's like, this is how we work together since we were kids. You propose right. a theory. I tell you how wrong you are. And it drives you to be better, you know. Right. And 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 he says, you know, and she says, you're actually taking credit for my success. And he says, if I said good job to you or every time you made something, like, oh, that's wonderful. You wouldn't have gotten anywhere. I made you like this. I made you, you know, this po- this powerful and defiant and amazing person that you are. And even you did something that I can't that I can't do. He says, mm-hmm. you were wonderful. You always wowed me. You made kryptonite. Even I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, but I don't think that's manipulation because he doesn't kill her at the end of the episode. Eve's about to kill her, and he's like, "No, no, no. She may want to see me die now, but I have no intention of killing her." You know, he's he's very much doing to her what we've seen Lionel Luther do to Lex in the past and in other iterations, where Lionel withholds love, withholds affection, withholds praise in order to make Lex work harder for it and to build Lex up. And in his mind, he's somehow doing Lex a favor. Like by withholding love from you and withholding praise and affection and everything else, all, all things that are good, you'll work harder and you'll make your, you'll achieve more. And, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to a father and a son, that's obviously awful for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's an interesting um, idea for them to, t- to twist that a little bit and to do it between a brother and a sister where um you know it's 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 very different it's very different it's not it's not that she's uh experiencing the loss uh, or withholding of of those things from a parent it's it's from a sibling instead and how does that affect how does that affect the, a person and what does that drive a person to do does that still make a per- you know in in the case of lex when he's been purport- portrayed that way those are the driving things that made him evil, right? He goes further and further and further and further to the point where he has no more conscience, doesn't care what's good or bad anymore. Mm-hmm. He just wants to achieve. Um, in this case, you know, it seems like that's not not going to be the case with with Lena because, as he said, she'll always fall into the light. Um, it makes her smarter, it makes her achieve more, and it makes her, um, yeah, it makes her an achiever. But it it doesn't it doesn't seem that they're going to conclude that it makes her evil the way that it would make him evil. Right. No, that's. No, that's good. I mean, things. There's a big difference between love, tough love, and being tough. And sometimes, like in cases like that, they're looking at they think it's tough love because love is weak, mm. but they're just being tough, and yeah. that like that's not that's not helpful at all. Sometimes you do have to be tough, and sometimes you have to just love, and sometimes you have to tough love. It's it, it, you have to do a mix of all three. Um. Lena doesn't believe that Lex can imagine a world without himself in it, and how right she is, right? You know, like this is all in service of 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 saving him. And my last bit for the hubris part of the section. So, um, Lex, Lex has fallen over. Lena comes in. And she's like, "What have you done?" You know, because there's that DEO, um, the DEO guy that ends up being Otis. That's you know not great at all. And and Lex says it's okay, sis. He knows not what he does. He's on yeah. a government salary after all, which is a paraphrase of Christ on the cross. Forgive yeah. them, Father, for they know not what they do. Lex paraphrasing Jesus as he's dying, sacrificially dying, is Lex seeing himself as the sacrificial Christ figure. I'm dying. I'm just like Jesus. Like it's so. He's so full of himself. He's completely. 
he the, this version of Lex Luthor that they've written reminds me of um the modern television smart guy, the Sherlock, the Tony Stark, the you know what oh, I mean. Okay. It, it's very much in that like um there's almost like a I see everything, so I see nothing kind of vibe to him sometimes and this is that's Lex's this you know this idea of you know like no I'm just like Jesus which is hilarious because Superman is usually compared to Moses or or Jesus or whatever as like the almost the atypical or the uh, typical Christ figure and Lex is like oh no no it's me I'm the Mm -hmm. Christ figure I'm Mm -hmm. dying because he thinks that he he thinks that he is dying to save humanity or he's sacrificing himself somehow uh for the for the sake of the planet or the sake of the human race that's Um, right yeah it's completely it's so backwards and it's it's so um deluded it's so delusional it's it's crazy it's 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 so well written so anyway this pain and blame for loved ones uh we've talked about we've talked about a bit you know so james is shot he's in the hospital and it's like i'm not a visitor i own this hospital and then she does that whole every this is all illegal so if you don't want to be here i'm going to fire you click you know give james the serum all You're about that. to be uh, parted to a crime. So right. I'll let you know. And, and we we've talked about we've talked about some of this already. You know this. You know Alex and Carr going back and forth, and um, Alex and Carr going back and forth on this, and um, Lena being upset, and Eve pretending to be upset that she's concerned that um, you know Lex has unfettered access because you know she's upset. It's all a lie, a lie. It's so it it doesn't it's not given a lot of attention, but Brainy and Nia are both like, we're the future seers. Why didn't we see this coming? You know, you know, Nia being like, my dream powers failed me, and Brainy being like, I'm so smart. How did I not see this coming? Right. right. You know, of course, there's all, and they they're not thinking about Lex Luthor. That's not a factor right now, and that's why right. they, they don't see. It. That's why Brainy's not factoring that in. He's thinking like, there's always fallback after a protest. Why didn't I see that? But to so it's throwing their game off, but it's okay because they kiss. What do you think about it? Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, I was I was, you know, they've been kind of building to this for for a little bit now, so I was excited about that. I was a little bit bummed that Brainy's immediate reaction was this can't happen. Um, but I mean, I don't think that I think we all know that's not going to last. Um, so so I mean I'm I'm hopeful and looking forward to the day when they they decide that they're going to try and make this thing work. But but yeah, I was excited because they have been you know they went on a freaking date and and everything. So and and every time every time uh, you know she's she's put herself out there, he's pulled away, right? Um and 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 then he he tends to sort of come back around. Not not fully not he's not emotionally a hundred percent available, but he is. He keeps coming back around. So I think that ultimately the same thing will happen here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it was uh, sometimes being overly emotional in this way while there's pain and drain going on because of a loved one. I I found that to be very accurate where people, you just your emotions are not your own at that point, especially if you're blaming yourself for what's oh, happening. Yeah. And what's... Uh, you know, like so, James has taken out most of the episode, but the show very subtly is like, James is important, you fools who make fun of him. This show, um, yeah, you yeah. know, like he he in a lot of ways he holds them all together. 
in his like steadiness like because that and so and and so like you literally have to bring in another Olsen to hold everyone together afterwards James gets shot and everyone falls apart people lose their minds so true that's so true and so it's you have to bring in another one all right everyone it's another Olsen calm down we'll be okay Yeah. yeah it's it was a good statement on James you know, and for people to be like, "Oh no, but James, I actually I care." Oh, I did He's like your beard. He's the glue that holds yeah. these people together. Yep, he is. He is. That's cool. I like that. And it's not just because he's most of their bosses. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, we haven't talked about Jean at all because so so James gets shot and Jean just comes and he's like, "Only somebody like Manchester would do this," you know, like um, or a lot of people, Jean. You know, there like are got, a lot of villains. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. I don't know if you know this is pattern of villains showing up in your town. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. He automatically assumes. I mean, he has. Listen, he has good reason, right? They, they just they, they've been they've been going back and forth uh, with with Manchester, so it's understandable that he would think that. Um, but the certainty and the um, you know aggression that he goes after him with. L- let me just what. What did you think of how he how he dealt with Manchester? I'm very very curious for your thoughts. We haven't talked about this. Um. Well, I think Manchester was using Jean's pain to manipulate him because he has that Manchester has that staff, so he's basically looking into Jean's mind to know what really is making Jean tick. And Manchester spent a lot of time with Jean in the first place, so he kind of already knows what makes him tick in the first place. And you know, and it's really about family again this you know like you know and Jean's chosen family because his real ones are dead he like has to watch his daughters die again and then his earth daughters you know like his adopted daughters car and now it's come back as their dead selves which was a super cool special effect like the or the makeup yeah, the whatever they did zombies that was yeah cool. they looked so cool oh yeah it was so creepy and to see Jean really lose it like that you know and he's just he just this man of peace becomes this man of anger and he builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds until Jean can't take it. And it is it, basically like explodes and kills Manchester, except that he definitely doesn't kill Manchester. Right. OK, so that's that's what I'm getting at is that like they made it look like I mean, he killed he ostensibly killed him. He thinks he killed him. He had intent to kill him. Um, but but there's you know, there's a v- very good chance that he didn't actually. Um so, you know, whether that's because whether that's because, you know, we saw that Manchester was able to manifest himself uh, as a bunch of different, you know, holographic projections or whatever last last time around. Right. So maybe it's something like that happening again. I'm trying to remember and I'm, I'm a little rusty because I haven't read Martian Manhunter uh, when he had a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read it in a long time. Does he always have a no kill policy or is it a after he comes to earth after he makes mistakes doesn't tries not to kill anymore but like when he's with the justice league he doesn't kill that's a great question is that always his policy i'm not sure i'm not sure cuz jean when he took his when he took his identity as a when he took his identity as a a, a fake human to blend in he was a police officer and so right. i don't like you can't have a no kill policy if you're a police officer it's, it could be part of your job and so, you know, like, you can't be a doctor and be like, I won't use needles. Like, like, what? 
That's pretty, I guess that's true, but this job. is not in the line of duty, right? This is this is. I, I mean, I, I, certainly he might see it that way as as being a necessary uh, a necessary evil or whatever. But but you know, it's not strictly in the line of duty. Yeah, I don't think he had a no kill policy, but I think this season when he has taken this stance of peace, well, instead, sure, yes. this is he 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 was like it was a no violence policy, not even a no. It wasn't even a no killing policy. It was no violence, and so and he's taken that, and Manchester made him take that to the extreme. But it's all in the name of this manipulation. You know, destroys his father's grave with fire, no less. Oh yeah. Um. You know, and then you know, so he's taking away the things he's taking away through memory, or actually, basically all through memory and and tricks and manipulation. He is taking Jean's um. He he is taking what Jean cares about. Jean says following a path of peace could mean losing everyone I care about. But that's not and then Cars have to be like simply standing by someone can make you feel braver, so I'm standing here for you, you know. But right, right, that, right, right. That's that you can follow any path in your life. It doesn't matter what one, and you could lose people. That's mm-hmm. not like it's not a clear line of thinking. And so I don't know what Manchester's end game is exactly, because it's all like join me but there's there's more to it than just join me it's not it's not quite right but but basically the what jean and manchester are doing are truth justice truth justice in the american way the superman story right and so it's not supergirl who's getting manipulated by manchester this way it's jean they've like taken they've put jean in that place of where superman would be in the comic and in this case jean is like taking the bait Right. He's taking it. Yeah. Well, he's different. He's, he's, he is not Superman. It's not his character. He's a, he is a little right. bit more aggressive and violent. And, you know, he spent a lot of time pretending to be Hank Henshaw. Don't forget. You know right. what I mean? Like the man is capable of of being in a dark place. And he was trying not to be and just forced out of it. I don't, I, I'm not sure it that section of the episode felt like it was the weak section of the episode for me. It felt a little rushed where the other like other things were giving its its full breath, but it was clearly important to the episode and will be important to later. But I just I can't see the end game right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apart yeah. from John at the uh, end being like, it's going to be OK. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I don't I'm 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 very interested and invested in where this will go. Um. Uh, any other any other bits? We're we're obviously going along this episode, but you know, introduction to Lex Luthor, we it had to happen. Exactly, um, and I don't have anything else. I don't think so. I'm good to go. Awesome, dude! This was a great conversation. Thank you for for really bringing your A game this week for with all these themes and all the analysis of all this stuff. Because this is this has been a great talk. Hey, you know, when Supergirl brings its A game, it's very easy for me to bring my A game. So it just lays it out for me. So don't thank me. Thank the qual the quality of this episode. This was a tight episode. Like 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 you said, all the themes were all so everything was just a few degrees off axis from each other. Like it was all so closely put together. You know, there there are plenty of episodes where it's sort of like here are like three or four distinct storylines for our three or four different you know, sets of characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, everything was was orbiting the same themes, orbiting the same subject matter. And even if the, the characters weren't all in the same place, right? Like, 
like you said, Brainy and Nia had no idea that Lex and Lena were doing what they were doing. Um, and yet it all was so cohesive and all, all went together. So thanks for pointing that out and making it uh, come alive, I'm sure, for many of our listeners. No, I mean, it's, it's episodes like this that I like our new format because it all blends together. You know, when it when it's too easy to separate, it almost becomes, I don't know, schoolwork, I guess. Yeah, you know what it, I mean? this, is more, this is more challenging and more interesting. It is more challenging, certainly. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Frank, wrap us out and then we'll yeah, do trailer we'll do trailer TV talk. Trailer and spoilers coming right after this. But if you don't want to hear those, thank you so much uh, for listening. You can follow Tim and I on Twitter. Uh I am at Frank Ramblings. Tim is at Timothy PG thirteen. Uh, you can follow the show at TV Supergirl. Find us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. Just Please leave us a, a rating, a review, a quick tap in for five stars is really all it takes. You don't even have to write a whole review. Just 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 uh, just give us that five star rating and we would certainly, certainly appreciate it. Um, uh, be sure to send us your emails. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com to be heard on the show. Again, we really want to hear your thoughts on Lex and on this episode. Things we missed, things you wish we'd mentioned. Let's let's hear it for follow up next week. Uh, you can also support this show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio. Uh, supports this show and all the shows on the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Shows like Loud Women, the show about Shrill on Hulu, the new A.D. Bryant uh, vehicle over on, on Hulu. Uh, that, uh, uh, the, the, that, that podcast has gotten quite a bit of traction this past week. So, uh, so please be sure to check that out if you're enjoying that show. Uh, and uh, all the other shows over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. I think we're going to hop into some trailer talk and spoilers now. Trailer talk, trailer talk and spoilers, trailer talk, trailer talk and spoilers. Oh, Oh, you didn't think they would be singing this episode, but I brought it in. (laughs) But you brought it like you do. Oh, I should do that every time. That's great. Why have I never thought about that before? I don't know. We really should, though. That was a riff on Little Shop of Horrors for those you non-musical fans out there. Feed me, Seymour. Uh, feed me all night long. Feed me, Lena. <laughs> so, so as we surmised, because we're super smart people, Lex was behind the Red Daughter all along. Yes, we knew he was the he. We knew he was the man on the telephone way back in the day. And it feels like a victory that they revealed that in the trailer. Not totally. really a victory. I was but... stoked about that. I was super stoked about that because we, we called that a while ago. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Long, long I think, time ago. I think, yeah. I, like, first half of the season, when we saw the guy in the telephone, I was like, Lex. Lex Luthor, right there on That's that telephone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So... We, I was wrong though that it was say, like I thought the Red Daughter would have more of a payoff next season, and yeah, right. I was, and it looks like it's coming right now, um, right now, right yep. now with Melissa Benoit doing her Russian accent or Ukrainian accent or wherever she's supposed to be, Kaznia, Kaznia, that's right. So, Kaznia. um, and so that's all good. Um, we get a what looks like the the sickle and hammer suit. The sickle and hammer crest from yes. Superman yeah, Red Sun. That's totally what it is. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that too. They just went. They're just going for it. I <laughs> just that's. Going for, I mean, it's a it's a very different story, but it's still cool. It's still cool, and that 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 um, that comes right. Yes, that visually comes right out of the graphic novel, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, so and, so happy. And Superman Red Sun is a fantastic story. Everybody should read it. It's real good. But sometimes, like just seeing the suit or something like that, that's good enough for me. 
you know sometimes that's all you sometimes, need. sometimes i don't all you i don't need a whole season of the whole thing i really just wanted to see the sickle and hammer crest because it's sometimes in a weird way cooler than the than the regular s symbol it is it is super cool to see and made me really happy really excited to see it um yeah i love i love that uh i love her like the furry hat the furry like like soviet hat uh, I don't know if you caught that. It was a real quick flash. I know I missed that, but I am I'm there for that. Also, um, the, James's photo of Supergirl in flight from back from season one that was like hanging on his office, uh, Super, up, hanging up in his office, and everything. Superman in flight, the one with him in uh, yes, far away. His, his Pulitzer, you're right. His, his Pulitzer, Pulitzer yep. photo of Superman. Yes, uh, right, because he brings it with him from from Metropolis. Right. Uh, oh, and he gives it to Kara, doesn't he? He gives it to Kara. Yep. Gives it to Kara. He's like, yeah, yeah anyway, take that, it. That, yeah, right. Um, yes, that is his, uh, that's, that's coming back into play. They showed that very prominently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I thought that was cool. Well, um, it's been noted that the rest of the season, or at least the rest of Lex's arc on Supergirl is going to dive a little bit into the relationship between James and Lex. And so I wonder if that photo is going to come into play somewhere. It must, it must. They did say, so, so you mentioned, uh, in the, during like the main part of the episode that uh, John Cryer was on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast inside of you. And I, I, mm-hmm. I put a link to that episode in the show notes, uh, but he confirmed on that podcast that they, uh, they only allowed DC only allowed Lex for a three episode arc um, yeah. or three so, episodes that Supergirl's choosing to do an arc with or something like that. Sure, They only allowed three episodes. You're right. We, they didn't. Yes. Right. Uh, and I guess we don't know for sure that it'll be three in a row, but odds are there'll be three in a row. Um, that's a good so point. We, we don't know, know if it's three in a row. In a row. Yeah. We don't know, um, but we know it's at least two in a row here. So, so we, we've got that. Um, so we know that they they had to budget their use of Lex um, uh, among uh, across three episodes somehow. So this is I'm I'm excited that he that we're getting more of him. You know, two weeks in a row, hopefully three weeks in a row. Um, and I, you know, if they if they keep up what they're doing, then I'll, I'll be very 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 happy with that. Um, but that's all they showed us in the trailer, really. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that, but there are some other spoilers and, and, and things to talk about news. We know, um, things like we know that Kelly is going to be a series regular in season five. Right. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Her making an impression like this is one episode and, and assuming like she's in a few more after this and then they're like, you know what? Bam. Season regular. Let's do this. And that's, I love that. Yeah. And you know, Bringing a psychiatrist into this somewhat dysfunctional group could prove very interesting. Very interesting. Um, agreed. Agreed. And and I love that they, that she and Alex both have a military connection, right? They both have that that experience in their background, um, something that they have in common. And according to the spoilers that we're seeing, when Kelly returns in season five as a regular. Um, that there will be some kind of a relationship between Kelly and Alex. Well, you know, so I, go ahead. Finish. I, I love that. I just love that they have they have a they're going to have a foundation already. And clearly this is what brings them together is is this incident in the hospital. Um, and hopefully we'll see this develop more over the rest of the season, whatever, uh, you know, six or so episodes that are left. Um, and and, you know, sort of watch it blossom there. But I love it right off the bat. They have. Not just James in common, but they have their backgrounds in common. Mm-hmm. And I mean, apart from that, if you if you if they are going to have a relationship later, if you look at their relationship in this show, their first meeting, they 
meet. It's pleasant. They have a disagreement. And then they both say, you know what? That was no good. Let's grow up together. And then, and you know, let's, let's trust each other. All in the span of an episode, that's a healthy relationship right away. Because, I mean, you can't say, like, oh, they distrusted one another right away or or they had an argument. I was like, because some big stuff was happening, you know, so that's... But they overcame something together in their first encounter. Something huge. They came together in in pain. And it's not just James the person, it's James the event that they have in common. And that's, that's huge. They overcame something that was literally life or death. Yeah, so... Which is very is very cool. So I'm glad that she's sticking around. Um, you said the trailer didn't show much else, but there is some um Lex on trial stuff, uh, and so it looks like we're gonna get some more flashbacks. You know, stuff from the original Lex Luthor trailer. Um, That's right. They released yeah. that we didn't see. You know, Superman made me do it. Things like that. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. And we not we know Tyler Hoechlin is not coming back this season, so we will not see Lex and Tyler. Uh, we will not see um Lex and Superman on screen together. Um, necessarily, but that doesn't mean we'll never see them on screen together. Man, if they bring them together in Crisis on Infinite Earths, I'm going to lose my mind. Would you lose your mind? Wouldn't you lose your mind if Lex Luthor was part of Crisis on Infinite Earths with everybody else? I would lose my damn mind, especially now that I know how much I loved his performance. I will go, I will go nuts. I'll go crazy. I'm really having a hard time not swearing. I will love it so much. I'll be so excited. Do you, think, um, yeah. do you think that Lex Luthor is going to die instead because this whole thing is about Lex overcoming his health and death and if no one can unwall the death and blah, blah, blah? Do you think that yeah. they'll actually kill him? In season four? Now? Yeah. yeah. No. No, you don't no, think they so? They gave him the cure. They gave him the cure. They gave him the cure and and from an industry perspective, like that's enough you know, to, to dispel. I mean, it's not 100%, obviously. Like there could be, a, he could die another way, but... I don't think so. I think it would be a real waste, and I'd be disappointed if they decided, if they decided that three episodes and dead, and that's it. No more Lex Luthor ever in the show. I agree. I think it would also. Be, I think it would be. I think it would be a huge waste. Yeah, it'd put be him a huge waste. What's it, What's it going to cost you? Put him. In put prison. him back in prison. Exactly. Put him back in prison, and and leave us with the. You know, you, you never kill a villain. You never kill a good villain like that. Um, you got to no. leave it open for the possibility of future stories. Uh, especially, especially on a television show, like I, I can't stand when villains kill. I mean, movies kill villains the same way. Like it just, why? Why can't they just go to prison? Just give me the possibility in my head that even if I never see them on screen again, I know that there are other adventures happening yeah. with those characters. Even if I don't get to see it, I want to know that it's possible. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. I just want to know that it's possible. And right. hey, hey, what are you going to do? So anyway, I am super stoked about the rest of the season, the rest of this arc. John Cryer talking to me. What a guy. <laughs> so much to be excited about. I know. It's just, it's all good. And I, do you have any hopes, like things that you'll see within the next couple of episodes? Not necessarily even I, Lex Luthor involved. Well, um, I so I hope that we get more from. Well, it mostly is about Lex, honestly. <laughs> um, the, I, I hope we get. You know, there was a point in this in this episode where I thought, um, basically before those last five minutes, um, I thought that they were underutilizing him, and I was like, man, you know, this is great. I'm really I'm loving his performance so far, but it's a bummer 
that all we got to see was like two minutes of Lex Luthor being Lex Luthor at the beginning, and then the rest of the episode he was confined to a chair and like mm-hmm. sickly. Obviously, the last five minutes changed that. But for most of the episode, I was like, we're not getting to see a whole lot of him, and like, I don't know. I just, I you know, I want more. So I, I do hope that next week we get more of him sort of consistently throughout the episode. Um, I would love it if they did like, you know, the same way we got an entire Ben Lockwood episode that I, was like my favorite episode of, of the season up oh, until yeah. now. Now this is my favorite episode of the season. Um, but I, I I hope that we get a, like a Lex-centric episode similar to the way we got the uh, um, um, Man of Steel uh, episode. That'd be great. That'd make me really happy. Yeah, I, I agree. I am under... I had heard that next episode... I heard that next episode, this one, so this one coming for Sunday, is a f- all flashback episode, and then the following, like, and then the following episode will wrap up the story. And so I wonder if we, what, the episode trail that we saw is actually for two episodes. Could be, could be. Um, like I mean, we, we get that Ben Lockwood style episode. It's all flashback. Yeah, that I would be so happy with that. I I would be thrilled with that. Yeah. Do you think you could use some you could reuse some Tyler Hoechlin scenes in that episode? I'd rather not. I'd rather they didn't. Yeah. That that keep... would be that would just be kind of low production like low, you know, yeah. it just wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel up to their standards. I think we're going to see it and I think it's going to feel like that um Kingpin episode from Daredevil season 2 where you're like where's the Kingpin? Where's Wilson Fisk this whole time? And you get a whole episode about Wilson Fisk in prison what he's been up to. I think that's right. what I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to get. I'm I'm down for that. But you I'm know what? I'm down for whatever they give me because this episode was so good that I don't care. It was so it was all so good, so great. Yeah. Oh, so excited. So so the, this was an this was an extra extra bonus sized episode uh because we just had so much to talk about. But thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. This was such a blast. Uh I can't wait. I can't wait to to come back next week and talk about whatever we see next week. Me too. Me too. Well, so then, until next time, Up, up, and away.